Hello, and welcome to AdventureCast, the storytelling podcast where two old friends tell each other stories on a podcast. I'm Stephen. And I'm Caleb. And we're going to make up some stories for you today, and we're hoping that they are fun and fascinating and wildly invigorating for you. We hope that you enjoy the stories today. Yeah, kind of just like, you know, when you're a kid and you go to the library and the librarian reads some books to a group of kids. When your librarian reads you some books. That's kind of what I'm hoping yeah. our audience feels like. Yeah. We can bring you back to that it's sort a, of it's, it's a little rainy outside the library. Time. Your mom stopped at the local diner on the way to the library to pick you up some hot cocoa. She spoke with a man you've never seen before. Yes, a handsome man. You're not going to tell your father. No. This is not one of the stories. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm starting to get pretty interested. Me too. In what happens with the man. Me too. Let's see. My friend, who you know well, who I will call Magdalena, to keep her identity under wraps. All right, folks. So we're going to tell you two stories today that we're going to make up right here on the spot, going back and forth. Uh, two with each other, and one of us will end the story. All right, folks. Tuck in. Settle in. Grab your hot cocoa and cookies. That's right. Make sure the kids are safe. Have you checked on the children? <laughs> <laughs> Our story today takes place on a beach mm-hmm. where <laughs> a young... A young Turtle <laughs> has just been born mm, mm-hmm. and is making his way out to the waves. Right. And so when you say born, you mean like hatched? Hatched. Yeah, a type of bird. <laughs> sure. So he was hatched like in a natural turtle birth. Right. <laughs> and he makes his way along with a lot of his siblings to the waves being protected by his uh, kin. And they all sort of dip into the water, and it is a beautiful sight to see. But this one turtle, let's call him Lewis, as soon as he touched the water, he transformed into a human, into a child, Hmm. a baby. Hmm. And he began crying, for he was alone. Yeah. And I'll pass the story to you right there. That's the open. It just so happened that this day on the beach, there was the king of the local kingdom, whose name was King Equus. And he was fishing on the beach uh, because that is his hobby. Because he is also an incredible cook, especially of seafood. And he was there fishing when he saw the baby alone in the water uh, crying, for they were alone, as was previously stated many times. And the king rushed to the baby's side and swept the baby up into his arms. And just in time, too, because a, a shark that hung out in the shallows of the water. Right as he swept the baby up, 
pounced and was about to gobble the baby up in one bite, but missed because the king was there and instead uh, bit off the king's leg. Oh, how exciting. Uh, and the king saved the child's life, but he lost a limb. He lost his leg, but he still managed with great strength to crawl with the baby riding on his back up the beach and to the gates of the castle. Yes, and he was greeted by everyone, and everyone didn't was very confused as to where he got the baby and how he missed the leg, and it was a big story, big to do. And they took care of his wounds, but they told him, you can't be king. It's a very ableist comment. They were like, listen, you're missing a leg. You can't be Ooh, king anymore. Awful. And you have this baby, like, you know, who else is going to raise this baby? You're just, you know, a single parent, and you're going to run a kingdom, and you're going to have a missing leg. Like, God. Yeah, they were not understanding of his situation. So he packed up his things and said, you know what? I've always liked being a cook more than I have being a king. So he and he and the babe go off to a foreign land on a big island where there's a small, really rural community, not a lot of infrastructure. And he's thinking, this is great. This is exactly where I need to be. And he purchases with the funds that he has a small farm that has some beachfront property so he can fish and he can grow some veggies and he can cook and provide some meals, maybe you know, open a restaurant one day. And he and the babe lived like this for about 15 years. And he raised this little boy as his apprentice and Equus and Lewis were very much a family. One day Equus was playing with the other island teens as he did mm -hmm. and they were up in the caves of the island far from his home on the farm and they came across a small dragon in the cave oh. and the king <laughs> <laughs> they came that's it they right, came, they came across, across a small dragon in the cave yeah near their farm no, no, far away from the farm. Equus was just exploring without Lewis. No, Lewis was exploring. Lewis is the team. Right. Oh, I thought you said Equus. We'll check the tape later. <clears throat> All right. So Lewis finds, stumbles upon a small dragon. And this dragon's, something peculiar, peculiar about this dragon is that its tail was glowing bioluminescent tail and Lewis thought that was pretty neat so he kind of approached the dragon with his hands outstretched kind you know as you would with an animal trying to gauge whether or not it was friendly or frightened and the dragon stuck out its snout and gave Lewis's hands a nice little smell and eventually crawled into his arms and Lewis you know, played with the dragon for a little bit, and they became fast friends, it seemed. And Lewis carried the dragon back to the farm, where the king, or the former king, Equus, was preparing dinner. And it actually was opening night of Equus's tavern that he 
worked very hard to open and prepare. And he was preparing the debut feast and felt that he needed an extra special main course in which he had not decided what the main course would be quite yet. Just as Lewis and the dragon oh, no. <laughs> enter the front door. Oh no. And I will pass. Wow. So Equus has a light bulb moment. And he <laughs> says, Lewis, you've made a new friend. How wonderful. Here, give him to me. Let me see him. You go wash up. Get your you know, Sunday best on so you can help me run the tavern for opening night as we had planned. And I'll take care of your friend. I'll put him out back with some of the other animals that we have here on the farm. And Lewis says, okay, Dad. Little does he know that Equus had other plans. So Lewis goes and changes and comes and starts serving dinner and sort of, you know, has just forgotten, is excited, but trusts his father. And Everyone begins to eat this meal, and even Lewis on his, he finds a moment to have some, and he thinks to himself, wow, this is a, you know, quite a strange flavor, a very mysterious flavor. Mm. I'm, 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 I'm not tasting fish, I'm not tasting bovine, it's not a vegetable. <sighs> what could it be? <laughs> And he runs to his father and he says, Dad, what, what is this incredible thing that you made? It tastes wonderful. And mm. everyone loves it. And Equus goes, well, son, Uh-oh. you know how we're farmers and we hunt and kill and we raise animals to eat. Mm-hmm. And he says, yeah, what about it? He goes, well, you know, your little <laughs> dragon friend. <laughs> What about my dragon friend, Papa? <laughs> I'm still on foot. I thought it would be the best idea to kick off our first night at the tavern <laughs> with some dragon meat. And Lewis is like, oh no, Papa, right? No, <laughs> yeah, totally. absolutely not. <laughs> and he says to his father, I will never forgive you for this. I can't believe you just destroyed this magical creature. We don't even know if there's another one in existence. How could you be so arrogant and, you know, distrust, not distrustful, but how could you betray me uh-huh. with this? And I will never, our relationship will never be the same. So Lewis is incredibly upset and he's starting to make a bit of a scene at the debut opening of this tavern. And he's starting to jump around and stomp his feet and say, No, 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 no! <laughs> wow. <laughs> Temper tantrum. And Equip, now might not be the time, but I kept the tail for you as kind of like a... Like a trophy? How sick. Yeah, like, because it's still glowing. It's kind of... I, I didn't realize you had... I didn't realize you had, like you know, bonded with this animal in this way, I thought maybe you'd appreciate having the magical glowing tail. And just as he reveals it from his apron, this glowing tail, the light in the tail has gone out. The life in the tail has gone out. Clouds 
form over the farmland in the tavern, and it starts to snow. The most incredible blizzard that the world has ever seen. And overnight, 15 feet of snow. And it stayed that way every season. Winter enveloped the land. No more summers, no more springs. This dragon somehow was a magical being that kept the ecosystem, the weather, in check with its magic. So, with ice covering the land, the heroes wondered how anyone might survive. No. <laughs> no. Sorry we couldn't give you a satisfactory <laughs> ending on this one, folks. Two failures. That's all right. You know, we there's some cool elements to this story. I like that he's just like a, like a he was a turtle. I, <laughs> I love that. I started laughing towards the end there because <laughs> he was just a little turtle boy. Yeah, right. That's now, his, that's his story. That the thing is that that's that's just the story of his life. I was thinking because when he when the dad was like we're farmers we eat animals I was expecting Lewis to be like throw it in his face and be like hey you didn't know this until now but I was an animal right I was a turtle right but I don't know if he knows it well you know what I mean he could maybe he does maybe he does I know but I, that, that that didn't happen in our story oh boy oh we should name we should title that one oh of course uh, you should title it you put the, you started okay. the ending. Water's Edge. Water's Edge. That's nice. Yeah. It's very they, nice. They live on the beach. You know, he's born on the beach. Totally. Let's do it. Water's Edge. <clears throat> Lovely. So you're starting us off with this next one. I certainly am. And I hope that you will be enthralled. Me or, or our, our audience? Uh, specifically you. I hope that you will be involved. I cannot make any promises. Once upon a time, there was a prince who was a baby. And... <laughs> enthralled yet? <laughs> Immediately. Uh, and when the prince was a baby, the queen noticed that her baby was uh, lifting and eating it's porridge with a spoon being held in his left hand. And she thought, oh no, my baby is left-handed. This is a matter that I must take before the Holy Church. Because uh, we know that left-handed princes are an incredibly ominous uh, figures in our culture. There are many folk tales about a left-handed prince who comes and wreaks pestilence onto the land, and it's a very, very sinister thing. So, the queen arrives at the church with her left-handed baby and explains what's going on. As she is discussing this with the church elders, the prince, his skin changes from a dark brown to a bright red and she immediately sets him down on the altar and is freaking out and the elders are just upset crying one of them is wailing 
and they tell her that he needs to be taken to the 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 creek out back and put in water immediately and whatever happens next happens next but him glowing red is a bad bad sign so she scoops him up and she runs him down to the creek as they all watch and she sets him in the water and even just being a baby as soon as she sets him into the water he begins to swim still bright red and he starts to swim in a little circle and he's swimming up and he's swimming down and she is baffled by this and she begins to cry because she has no idea what to do with this strange child and then she hears a voice shouting to her let him go let him go (laughs) (laughs) and she turns and approaching her on wobbly legs and cane is a beggar this old man who lives near the holy church in a tent is telling her that she must leave him there and must leave him in the river Mm -hmm. if peace is to be had at all and the elders are all like oh yes absolutely yep yes they just sort of like they're trying to be done with it and they're thinking great if he you know whatever happens to him in this river is fine it's going to flow away from us and that's more than okay so she cries a little bit she reaches out she touches his little red hand and she says that she would and she walks away she leaves and the creek carries him <clears throat> away a few miles down the road the baby is found by a fisherman who's sitting on the dock behind his modest home and is fishing of course and scoops the baby up and obviously notices right away its peculiar red skin and uh, its ability to swim better than any, almost better than any fish he'd ever seen. So he takes it inside and shows it to, shows the baby to his wife. They decide that they will raise the baby as their own. And maybe someday they'll take it to their, uh, the mayor of their small town that lives obviously down the creek from the main kingdom. And the mayor is a very wise man. Maybe he knows what's going on with this red-skinned thing. And just in that moment, when they're set and getting the baby something to eat, uh, something, a loud booming sound is heard in the sky. And like a little meteor, a small golf, golf ball-sized uh, rock shoots in and lands right at the dinner table in this fisherman's small house, right in front of the baby. And on closer inspection, you realize it's not a rock at all. It's actually a glass figurine of a demon winged, horned, sharp teeth, little glass figurine of a demon. And it lands uncannily, standing on its two feet, right in front of the baby, staring it right in the eye. And the baby's staring it right back. The 
fisherman and his wife take this as a sign that this baby is in fact uh, an evil, evil presence. Completely. Yeah. As anyone would. Yeah. <laughs> so they take the glass demon and they take the baby and they wrap them both in a big metal, big metal shield and they throw it back in the creek. They try and, they're going to try and drown the baby. They go back in their house and they try to forget that this ever happened to them. And that's where the baby is now. The demon and the red baby float along the creek for days. Unnoticed by anyone. Mm -hmm. And eventually the river opens out into a large, large body of water. Very large lake. And gently dings a little boat. And in the boat, there's a little girl by herself, about 10 or 12. And she looks down, and she notices the odd baby and the demon. And she thinks, well, surely a baby should not be in a lake by itself. She scoops up the shield, sets it in her boat, and she brings them back to her home. And she says, Father... What is to be done with the baby? It is at this point that the demon opens his mouth and begins cursing the family. Because he can talk. And <laughs> uh -huh. the father is not happy with this, of course, and is also not intimidated. He says, okay, demon, how many... How many beans do you think that you could throw into the lake without a single one of them touching the water first? And the demon's like, what? zero. Absolutely not. <laughs> like, it's going to have to hit the water, right? And the father goes, oh, I can do 10, 20, 50. So the demon goes, okay, I guess I, one. I could do one, right? Because he's trying to play the game. And they go out and they play the game, and the demon throws a bean, and it, of course, hits the water. And the father throws a bean, and it hits a branch, hits a frog, and lands on a lily pad. And he says, yeah, it's in the lake. And the demon had been tricked by the man. And he was like, I will get you for this. We're not over, but yes, the curse is no more. Being tricked has caused him such horrible feelings that he starts to disintegrate so he loses his arms they sort of fall away and he realizes like oh shit i'm losing some of my power because these humans are tricking me not cool i've got to figure out a way to right this wrong and the little girl looks at her father and says oh thank you so much now we can keep the baby and raise it as a, a part of our family thank you so much father for doing this and he says to her no 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 child we are not keeping this baby you do not fuck with demons, and you do not fuck with babies that are not yours. We have, you know what I mean? These are the two things you, you must not, not we've, do. We've learned that lesson. We've learned this one, right? And he puts the baby in a little bassinet, and he takes the demon figurine, and he tosses it into the lake. And he scoops up the shield, and he hands it to his daughter, and he says, as long as you carry this, you will be safe this is a symbol of my love. 
So the father uh, goes to the pantry, grabs a jar of honey, and smothers the baby head to toe with the honey. <laughs> smother. Right. Still technically smother. You can smother someone in something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, yeah, he's not. Right. Yeah. Sorry. No, Sorry. no, no. They don't smother the baby, but they are coming in honey so that it will be eaten slathering. by a bear. <laughs> They're slathering it in honey so that it'll be eaten by a bear. Which is arguably a little worse. I don't know. Uh, so they get the honey baby and they get it into a bassinet and they walk deep into the woods and they leave it there. And all this is happening simply because the baby is a left-handed boy. If you think back on it. Sure. The original <laughs> reason he was set down the creek is because she took him. It, none of this would have happened if he had just eaten True, that but he might have turned red either way. Right. We don't really know what the red thing's about. Uh, anyway, back at the kingdom, rumors have started to spread about what has happened to the boy. And these rumors are spreading, and the fishermen told the people about the glass demon. And the father and his daughter also have told people about their encounter with the red baby. Uh, and the queen, these rumors had reached back to the queen. And she is disgusted. Her love for this baby boy has turned to disgust. And she has broken her vow to always love the child. Uh just because these rumors and have disgusted her so. She's really prejudiced against these, the things that people are saying about her baby. Left-handed demon, glass demon. So campaign. she doesn't love the baby anymore. She doesn't. She broke her vow. Cut back to Honey Baby. Honey Baby's in his bassinet. <laughs> Just, you know, how old are we talking? Maybe three Three or four, maybe at the oh, most. Five. I thought you. I thought you were talking about like an actual well, old infant. Old enough. Old enough to use a spoon to eat porridge on its own. Oh, okay. I didn't know. I just thought it was just a baby. Babies uh, hold spoons early. Three. Oh. Oh, so now we're giving him an age. He is. Just, he's all. He's been three the whole time. Oh, and now okay. Well, a, a for me, he was yeah, like a babe. Well, this isn't for you. It's for them. Three is arguably, you know, older than a baby. I think you you call a three-year-old a baby. Anyway. Yeah, is this is it important? It might be. <laughs> we have to. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to see. Anyway, uh, that night, Honey Baby falls asleep, scared, and alone, in the woods. And the glass demon appears. To the baby in a dream. And says, listen, baby. I was sent from the other world to be your companion and to help you rise to total domination of the world. For you were fated to be the god king of this land and rule with an awesome and evil power over all who are weak and fear you. Got a little sidetracked. 
I can't turn down, you know, a game. So I am currently at the bottom of the lake, and I am useless. I have died. And with my last energy, I'm appearing to you in this dream to tell you what you need to do. Get up out of this bassinet. Take your first steps. I know that you've never walked before. <laughs> but I'm giving you through demonic power. The power to walk. And you will walk back to the kingdom. And you will murder your mother in her sleep. And you will begin your rise. Bless you, Stephen. What a cute little sneeze. You will begin your rise to global domination. And there will be a reign of fire for a thousand years. It has been faded. In that moment, the glass demon in the dream exploded into a billion tiny glass pieces. And the baby honey king, prince boy, woke with a start, remembering their dream in vivid detail, as if it wasn't even a dream. It was something more. So, when the glass demon exploded, the left-handed prince returned home. Bravo. I'll give it to you. Nice. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what else to say. Terrific. I, I, I did what had to be done. Yeah, I did what you had to be done. Yeah, he had to be big enough to walk on his own. He's sort of. Yeah. I guess I could have always done the demon. It gives him the power to fucking fly home. Who cares? Well, and also he was like swimming. Yeah, but little babies can swim. That's what I thought. But I, they were taken aback by the fact that he could swim. I just thought he could swim super good. What's the difference? I just think if you see a little three-year-old baby like doing backstroke and shit. And, oh, that's what you were seeing. I was seeing like a super. He's like, good thanks, mom. I just <laughs> butterflies. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I they were just like, oh, because it was like very young baby, and I uh, they yeah. were startled just by the fact that he could swim at all. Wow, what a horrible ending, and I don't mean that in a bad sense of story, but in like a that's dark. We're moving into a dark chapter. Yeah, for a this, thousand this years of reign of fire. History. Yeah, that's not little, good. Little demon baby won that one. That one. What's it called? Red honey baby. Perfect. My last uh, card was baked. <laughs> so I was maybe gonna kill the baby. I guess I don't know. Bake uh, him into a pie. I guess something. I mean, you did a you know you, you have to do bake it. Yeah. Baking something. Maybe that 12-year-old girl should have rolled a little doobie. You got baked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I realized halfway through that I was in a bit of trouble because I had to get her to keep her father's advice from that day forward. Uh, so that's why he told her not to fuck with demons or babies that aren't hers. Right. But then, I mean, it just it was never yeah. Yeah. Uh, This These stories were told alongside... Uh, Cards from the classic board game Once Upon a Time by Atlas Games. Uh, we hope you enjoy. Uh, we 
We're working hard. We're working hard. We've, we might be getting a little bit of story fatigue. It's possible. Yeah, we're trying to find a rhythm. We're trying to find a rhythm. Uh, so this is probably... We're still in the experimenting phase. We love you. We love you. Oh, excuse me. We love you very much. And uh, I love you. I love you too. And uh, that was fun. Yeah, that was. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe we need to fight. Mm. Maybe we should argue and do the podcast when we're not actually like enjoying each other's company. Mm. All right, we'll try it tomorrow. Great. Actually, I can't record tomorrow. Oh, fuck. See? Perfect. <laughs> uh, all right, folks. You know what we need you to do. We need you to go into the bathroom. The nearest bathroom. If you're home, it's probably going to be your bathroom. If you're out in the world, if you're driving on the freeway, we need you to pull into the next rest stop. We need you to... Whip it out. Whip it out. Whether that be whatever your genitalia are. Just whip it out. Whip it out. And then we need you to start to get wet. And then we're going to need you to stay wet. For as long as you can. And then... We'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs> we don't need any more, you know... We don't need any more instructions than that. <laughs> yep. Be well.